Hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tavalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. Hello, and welcome to episode three. I'm here with my friend Tracy. And I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upcoming TV show on Amazon Prime, and unpacking the many intricacies of this incredible series. Today, we are continuing onward to talk about chapters three and four of New Spring. But Amber, (laughs) we're going to do something a little different, too. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We are. Because these two chapters weren't incredibly uh action packed. <laughs> no. No. You could you could maybe even go so far as to saying kinda boring. Yeah. But we're gonna go ahead and dig into it and then we'll get to some really interesting topics afterwards of little things that we've pulled out of these chapters. Yeah. So I guess we'll just go ahead and then start with chapter three, which is called Practice. And this is taking place after the foretelling and death of Gitara in chapter two. Moraine and Swan go back to their rooms and they're still upset after what they had witnessed. They can't eat or sleep, so they decide to practice for the test for the shawl. Moraine needs more practice, so she decides to go first while Swan distracts her. Now, to become an Aes Sedai, the Accepted take a test in the basement of the tower. The Accepted then pass through a Tarangriol and must create 100 weaves while seven other sisters try to break her composure. Now, we haven't seen this done until much later into the books. Mm-hmm. So I'm really hoping that we get to see Moraine's tests later on in these chapters. While Moraine practices her weaves, they speak openly about the foretelling and the dragon reborn only after setting a ward against eavesdropping. They also wonder how Red Sisters will react to the Dragon Reborn. During this time, Morella barges into the room and notices that Moraine and Swan are acting suspicious. She makes a joke that the attacking Aiel are a sign of the last battle, which is detailed in the prophecies of the dragon. Now, these prophecies of the dragon are laid out in the Caratheon Cycle, which is a book comprised of foretellings. In some lands, these books are banned and people tend to generally avoid them. Just talking about them can get you into trouble. Next, Tarnafair barges into the room and tell all three women that they are to report to the Oval Lecture Hall. The Amarlin seat is going to make a statement. She also says that Katara is dead. So now Myrella knows why Moraine and Swan were being secretive. In the Oval Lecture Hall, Tamra... Ospenya explains that the accepted will be dispatched around Tarvalin to give goodwill bounties to women who have given birth. And it's not really, um, it's not really given any uh, backstory on who these women are. I'm not sure if these are the wives or maybe mistresses of soldiers brought to guard Tarvalin. But regardless, they're sent out to give these women bounties and money. Like it's an afterthought, the Amarlin mentions that they are to keep track of the age, sex, and birthplace of all the children born. 
Moraine and Swan know that they're actually being sent to search for the Dragon Reborn, and they're very excited. <laughs> and that is the end of chapter three. Yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do have to say that if I remember it correctly from chapter three, uh, Tamara says something about how when armies travel, there are a lot of things that need to be done for the soldiers. And a lot of times they bring along their wives or they have people like women who come in and do like laundry type services and things for them. So I think that's a lot of where they're expecting these women to have had babies to be coming from. Okay. And so I think, I think that's probably, uh, well, when a large, you know, group, you know, when they have such a large group coming within the city, there's going to be some babies. It's true. <laughs> so. And I mean, what better way to celebrate your alive than having sex? Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> they, the two things seem to go kind of hand in hand. And I don't think we've ever talked about contraception and the Wheel of Time. So <laughs> No, we have. I think, it, yeah? I think at some point, at one point, I think men talks about making sure not to get pregnant and mm-hmm. some I don't remember if it's like a tea or something. We'll have to look this up. If anyone knows, give us a shout out or a voice message. Contraceptive yeah. and the wheel of time. <laughs> Go. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um so then chapter four is leaving the tower. Um And it basically just starts with Moraine getting back to her room and she's looking through all of her stuff and trying to decide what she wants to take with her because she doesn't trust anybody to pack all the things that she would think of to have with her. Um, She even takes a little dagger, which in my opinion is smart. Like if you're going out even with a guard around you and you can't use the power, any kind of thing that would make you feel protected in it's a like, way makes sense yeah, yeah. Um, and then she gets out into the hallway swan is waiting impatiently for her and they gather themselves up together one of the things i really liked about this section is the accepted shouting at each other for like various mm. things yeah um, and there there's a whole slew of names that come out as they're like yelling for returned hairbrushes or extra <laughs> sets of stockings like and they comment that's a, how that's a really cute setup though into like this you know they have to be quick and there's a lot of chaos and I can just see you know like dresses being thrown over the yes. bed and bags being tossed and you know yes. who has my hairbrush exactly. where are my socks <laughs> right yeah and would you just give that back to me Carlinia what were you thinking <laughs> um so I really, I really liked that, but also shows how, in so many ways, they're still young women, and they yeah. are still excitable. And even though they're trying so hard to practice to become like the mysterious Aes Sedai that they someday will be, they are just throwing that out the window as they're yeah. getting ready for this because it's so unusual for an accepted to be mm. allowed out of the tower grounds like yeah they are held really close to the tower the tower does not want to lose them um so they make their way out to the stables moraine is frustrated that other accepted have gotten there before her and swan and she's like did they not pack anything like what were they thinking (laughs) but then she remembers that her and swan know the real reason why they are being sent out 
to collect these names. And that makes her feel, it says that it buoyed her spirits. Mm -hmm. Um, But then she gets to the stables. She has her own horse, which of course she does. And it's just another... Like such a prim and proper lady bringing her own horse. Yeah, well, she... She actually bought it for herself as a gift to herself when she became accepted. And it's just another, like, pointing out that Moraine comes from a wealthy background Mm -hmm. and a a really privileged background. And she had even offered to buy one for Swan. And Swan was like, no, thank you. I don't like horses. Um, And so I, I... I like this is how such they keep a reoccur- bringing... This is such a reoccurring instance. Yes, because like books. Swan, Swan and, and mean, horses. Poor Swan and horses. I mean, I get it. She grew up in tears, so of course she like trusts her own legs in a boat more than she does yeah. a horse. Um, but of course, since Swan can barely sit on a horse, Moraine is like, I really wish she would have let me get one for her because then she could have been practicing and she could be better mm-hmm. at this. Um, the other thing in this that I thought was <laughs> very unlike the Moraine that we normally think of is her observance that one of the tower guards is a pretty man. And Ooh, Moraine. Right? <laughs> I know. Like Moraine looking at boys. Okay. I like mm-hmm. it. I can get behind that. But she's like, she knew he wouldn't be the one that would like take them out as like one of their guard. But She's like, I wouldn't have mind looking at him for a little longer. And I just like. Saucy. <laughs> yes. It makes her feel so human. And there are so few moments where Moraine feels human um, throughout the series. She's just so very isodized. She's what she's supposed to be. And I showing, completely. Yeah. Just like showing no emotion while she's talking, giving orders, you know, just just completely, you know without any without any temper without any excitability mm-hmm. and in some ways the tower really works to remove those traits in the young women that come to study there so mm-hmm. it kind of makes sense that some of these things would be trained out of her um yeah it's almost like people like joining the military or something like they have to like yeah whip these people into shape and you know yeah. But I think it's a little bit different because you're still allowed to like these people still have personalities. Mm-hmm. But when exactly. you're in formation, you can't, you know, be cracking jokes and stuff like that. But it's yeah, it's almost, you know, it's almost like a military school or something. In some so ways, strict. very much. Yeah. yeah. So they get on their horses and Moraine, like. She thinks that the the groom is snickering at her for the fact that she has her own horse and that she can afford to have her own horse. And uh, the groom goes to put her hands in a in an assist position to help Maureen get up into her horse. And, and Maureen she's is like, like, nope. No, thank you. I got this. Okay. <laughs> and so she just launches up into the horse and she's all proud of herself until she realizes, oh, scandal of scandal, her knees are showing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. She's all like, I'm a badass, but my knees, my knees. So they start to leave the tower. And as they're leaving the tower, they have to wander through the city of Tarvalon. And she spends time thinking about it and observing the many people. And 
I believe like one of the lines in the chapter is something about how the world comes to Tarvalon, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, we see over and over again. It's very true. Um, it's like such a bustling port city. Yeah. And you, you really can't uh, deny how powerful this one city is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really a capital in its own right. Yeah. And it, it's not under any other country's jurisdiction. Like, Tarvalon is its own entity. Like, like Switzerland. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> that's actually really accurate. I Because when I was reading over this, I was like, does Tarvalon belong to anyone? Because it's kind of centered in between, what is it, Andor and Kyrian? And then Tyr is below it. So it really is kind of like at the heart of some of these areas that are part of the Westlands. So going through Tarvalon, they observe that the like Moraine observes that the city is bustling and it's packed and like people are there from everywhere. And she also starts talking about the ogre buildings and how so much Mm. of Tarvalon is ogre built. And she references a few particular buildings that I don't remember the names of them right now, but one of them, she said, looks like a school of fish and that it's just so beautiful. I can't wait to see how the TV show does this. This is one of those things that, I mean, it, when you think about it, I mean, do you, I wonder, like, are they going to actually film in cities and take buildings that are already there or are they going to totally like go over it with CGI Mm, it's gonna yeah. be really interesting to see them pull off these ogre built monstrosities. Some of them are just giant, yeah. and some of them are so intricate, and yeah, it's just crazy. And I wonder mm-hmm. what type of architecture it'll look like. Are we gonna go like gothic? Are we gonna go like baroque? How are we doing yeah. this brutalism? <laughs> I need to see. <laughs> I need to see this. Yeah, I feel as though when Jordan writes, he writes quite a bit from. A medieval standpoint like with the the walls around cities and the fortresses and things like that um like that's kind of what i see in my head is just more medieval style architecture maybe even up to like the high late middle ages like like i think about notre dame and like the yeah. big things that were able to be accomplished mm-hmm. i mean westminster abbey i'm pretty sure is a medieval build, but I would have to look that up. But I think that's right. So, I mean, going off of that, it would make sense if it did kind of have that feel to the architecture. But I agree, and I think that that's one of the things that Jordan does really well is build places that Mm. we can kind of see in our head because of various historical architectural references, Mm -hmm. but also is different enough that nothing's really exactly something that – you can picture completely and right. no two people are going to have the exact same mm-hmm. like take on what something looks like all the all the spires and fluted columns and things that they have it's going to be it's going to be really neat so that's going to be a task for them man it really is and tarvalon i feel is going to be one of the hardest cities because of the bridges that connect oh, the buildings yes. and bridges that connect the island to the land outside of mm-hmm. 
the actual city of Tarvalon. And that's where Moraine and Swan end up with their guard as they start, once they get through the city and they get out, I don't remember the name of the gate, but they get out through the gate. And as they're coming up to the top of one of the bridges, she's talking about how like they're just this marvel of engineering. Mm. And I couldn't find anything anywhere that said whether or not they were built with the assistance of the one power. Like, I feel like they're just brilliantly built. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But as they're coming across the tower, uh, they realize that there's a group of the children of the light hanging out at the bottom of the bridge. These assholes. Just hanging out. Trying to be intimidating. Yeah. Like, they just, they just hang out there for a minute. And Swan is like, um, Stellar, dude, we can, we can keep going. They don't have any jurisdiction here. Mm -hmm. They need to move for us. And of course, this is like Stellar is the captain of the guard that's overseeing them. And he basically ignores Swan because she's just an accepted and he knows right. it. Um, and waits, like basically stands them down and makes the Children of the Light move without saying or doing anything. And Swan is about ready to blast these fools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Moraine has to give her a look like, don't you dare. Don't do it. We will get in so much trouble. Like, right? nope. And- And it's interesting to see this excitability from Swan because Mm -hmm. she's, you know, like, that's very non-Aes Sedai-like to get, you know, to not have a hold of your emotions and decide to use the power against someone when you're not allowed to. Yeah. The fact that she even, like, thinks of embracing Sedar is is I think she's just really excited to, like, leave. Like, Mm -hmm. she's... She's not one that she never... I don't think she ever wanted to be in one place. Mm-mm. She grew up on boats and wanted to see the world. Mm-hmm. So she's but like... But I think... I, I can't remember if it's in chapter three or chapter two. I think it's in chapter three where Moraine talks about how Swan wants to see the world, but she doesn't ever want to call it an adventure. And mm-hmm. I think that's really funny that Swan is like, it's not an adventure. Like, I'm just going to go see things and do mm-hmm. things, but... Not an adventure. I just think, I think it's funny. We could um, go on. We could go. We could go more into that, but I don't want to do too many spoilers at this moment. Maybe later no. we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So they they go through um, the the town that's outside of Tarvalon, and they come across an encampment that's already set up. And there's another accepted who has her desk and is taking names from a list of women and I believe I believe Maureen says it's like 50 50 women are lined up and waiting to give their names and I don't remember the name of the the accepted that was there um but then they move to another encampment later that's further away from this one okay and they're given tables and somebody brings them um are they bra I always want to say braziers but to me that sounds like bra like yeah. the 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 brazier is it brazier? Yeah, whatever the Maybe. thing is that holds <laughs> warmth. I'm so I'm so articulate. Um, <laughs> but they it's were a heater. They, it's like a, yeah, they brought yeah. a medieval heater for her. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Um, anyway, so. Maureen is relieved that they're going to have warmth and be able to take these names. And that's where 
chapter four ends off is with her and Swan getting ready to start taking names from these women. And ta-da, that was all of chapter four. That's it. Yeah, these were like super fast chapters to read. And I mean, these chapters are not nearly as long as chapters in the main series. No, they're not. Super short, maybe 15, 20 pages. Some chapters you'll get like four different points of view. Mm -hmm. It's very different. Very different. Um, So that that was everything. That was our spoiler free, mostly. That was mostly spoiler free section. Um, But the cool thing about these chapters and what it's definitely doing for me is giving a lot of names and background on a lot of names. Mm -hmm. And so in chapter four in particular, like when the accepted are getting ready to go out and do this they name, name collecting. drop a lot of women yes so many women's names and of course like i can't see that and not be like well, wh- what about these women like some of them the names mm-hmm. were really familiar and others i was like i have no idea who this is and i need to know more and our next segment is called where are they now the black Ninja. <laughs> Yes, yes it is. There are so <laughs> many Black Aja sisters identified in these two chapters. Black um, Aja everywhere. Yeah, that's what it felt like. I was like, um, they don't know. Do they know yet? Like, when did they become? So the first one that jumped out to me as being Black Aja is uh, Katerine... Al Rudin, I like Al Rudin. Yeah, I I think that's right. So Katerine Al Rudin, um, she was red, and she was also black. Aja, because I think yeah. So you and I had been talking. When did these women become black? Aja, what pushed them mm-hmm. to make that decision to become? Black Aja. Right. Was and, it before they were in the tower? Was it mm-hmm. during? Was it after they were tested for the shawl? Yeah. We don't get a lot of information into that. So it's one of these Mm-mm. mysteries. Yeah. You never really get, you know, point of view chapters from these women. It's so. true. I think we might get one from Katarine. Okay. There might I be think one or two there, but it's mm-hmm. it's clearly when they're, you know, meeting with other Mm-hmm. Dark friends. So exactly. And for her, um, they actually had it in the Wiki Wheel of Time fandom page. So for Katarine, she was a novice for eight years, accepted for seven, and she wore the stole or she wore the shawl for seventeen years and was Black Aja for twelve of the for twelve of those years. So, so she, that would have been while she was accepted, she got recruited, right? If she was accepted for eight years. Oh, so this no, is... No, no, no. She wore the, sh- she she wore wore the, the shawl, shawl for 17, for 17 years. Then, yeah. Okay, 12 of those. So she was yeah. already an Aes Sedai when mm-hmm. she was recruited. But if there isn't any indication of how that recruitment happened or who brought her into being a dark friend. So that question still stands. Like, how were they recruited? Um, 
I think this is one of those questions where, I mean, I could spend hours, you know, trying to dig into this and finding, you know, information, but I think it's just a mystery, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to find out more about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I how would, disenfranchised like... do you have to be to turn over? Or, mm-hmm. you know, did one of your friends do it and kind of like bring you into it? Or, yeah. like, how does it work? Mm hmm. And I mean, we know that the Black Aja is just all over the place in the White Tower. Yeah. I want to say in this chapter in particular, there were there were several sisters mentioned and at least three of them are Black Aja out of the accepted that were mentioned. One woman uh, who is brought up the current mistress of novices. This is <laughs> this is actually a spoiler for both of us. Because <laughs> we find this out in New Spring. So I don't... Do you want me to like... Yeah, go for it. Do it. Okay, I cool. Don't care. Or I can I, just plug I've... my ears. <laughs> Take my headphones off. <laughs> um, what I thought was really interesting, so it's... Mirian Redhill, she is blue Aja, um, but she's also black, and she is the current mistress of novices in the tower. Um, have you, in your reading, have you gotten to Sherium mm-hmm. and what happens to her? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. Then I'm not going to say the next thing that I was going to say. Um, okay. So what I thought was really, really interesting about her is that Moraine is actually the woman who takes Maureen out, like later on in New Spring, which is what we haven't even gotten to yet, which means that Moraine has known about the Black Aja since since the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't. That's that's crazy to think about. So many of these women we see... Now, mm-hmm. we find out later in the series. So, like, they've been infiltrated. The whole, you know, the whole tower has been infiltrated since New Spring. So, this means later on when Moraine and Swan are, you know, Aes Sedai, after they're, you know, they are tested for the shawl, they are going to have to be watching their backs, you know? Mm-hmm. like, if, And then also, like, later on in the series we get, you know, Egwene just off with their heads, you know, guillotining, basically. Mm-hmm. She, she she beheads all of them. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to say this is one of her amazing accomplishments, but it was it was Varen. If it wasn't for Varen, no one would know these things. Exactly. So, yeah. like, I mean, that's what it took. It took for someone to make a list otherwise mm-hmm. you know the, the the black aja would have had so much control in the tower from the time of new spring up until the end of the series basically and in some ways they did yeah Be, i mean alvieran becomes the keeper of the chronicles mm-hmm. and she's black yeah so like that the second highest position in the tower belonged to a black aja sister so it's and she just had Elida wrapped around her finger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elida was even, terrified of her. Yeah, I don't even think she used 
compulsion or anything no, on her. I don't she think just so basically either. Bullied her, which. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, good for her. Cause Speaking of compulsion, do you want to know why we had talked about this earlier? Why I hated Varen with a passion? Yes, I do. Yes, I, ne- I do. Okay, I never trusted her. I thought there was something wrong because she's brought up so many times in the series and mm-hmm. we never get a point of view from her. So I knew that she was important because yeah. she shows up everywhere and she's with, is it? Alana, the one who bonds Rand. Yes. Uh huh. She's with Alana when that happens, and she kind of just is like, whatever, and doesn't do anything about it. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, hey, Alana, that was probably not very cool. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, you know, there's no, um, there, you know, she doesn't get in trouble for anything. And then, um, furthermore, at one point, Point, I believe it's after Lord of Chaos when Rand, you know, takes some of these um, Aes Sedai as prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, Varen uses compulsion on someone. And that was like such a red flag. And I was like, I don't trust her. I don't trust her. I think she's going to kill Rand. I think she's she's got all of these young girls from... The two, the two rivers, rivers. Mm-hmm. and she's bringing them all to the tower and I'm just you know like you know so nervous about what's gonna happen I think is she gonna you know recruit all these young girls into the black Aja is she gonna you know hurt them mm-hmm. I, I just had no trust whatsoever and then in the end oh my god and the bomb is dropped <laughs> and I had to I had to like turn everything off and just like sit in silence for a couple minutes and be like, did that really happen? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> when you said you didn't like Varen, it really surprised me um, because I had never seen her like that before. I never had that level of mistrust for her. I just kind of assumed she was an odd duck. And Yeah, because she does play that kind of um, – like loopy, like almost ditzy, kind yeah. of like, haha, like I've just got my nose in a book. Like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But she does have those moments where she becomes really sharp. Like yeah. in the moment, like you can see that she's mm-hmm. intelligent and she's working. The wheels through are everything. turning, yeah. Yeah. Um and then of course Varen coming out as being a black Aja's sister mm-hmm. and the reason why she is and what she's done with her time, you're like, oh, Varen. And doesn't she, like, take some sort of poison before yeah. she goes to tell Egwene all the things that she tells yeah, Egwene? Yeah, because she's um, under whatever oath she took for the Dark One. Mm-hmm. She's not allowed to give away any of her secrets unless she's dying. Yeah. But I think that it was just the way that the rule is written. It doesn't really say, like, in death. Like, mm-hmm. but she she found a loophole. And yeah. she was only able to reveal these secrets, like, on as she was dying. So she poisoned herself and snuck into Egwene's room and was like, oh, sweet girl. Like, I'm about to tell you some things and it's going to wreck your world, but somebody mm-hmm. has to know and you're the only one that, like, I can trust with this information and I hope you can do something good with it. Mm-hmm. And Egwene has to, you know, she has to be so fast on her feet in this situation because she's being guarded. She's being mm-hmm. tortured. 
and she's got people, you know, out in front of her door watching her as all of this is going on. And she's got Varen laying in her bed, deceased. So she's just sitting at her nightstand, like reading these names, reading Varen's book, reading her life's work, and just hoping that she can do something without getting caught because mm-hmm. she doesn't want someone to find Varen's dead body. So she has another visitor. I don't remember who it is. And she's yeah, I like, don't either. She's like, I need you to channel right now. And the girl's like, what? And she's like, just, you know, make this weave something simple. And then the guards come in and was like, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm just practicing my weaves for the test. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, okay. And then she's able to show this girl how to travel. And so she's like, okay, I'm going to show it to you now. This is what you do. And you need to take Baron's body and get out of here. And, like, that's that. And so, like, poor, poor Baron. Like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't get, you know, like, there's no, like, no one can really tell her story yet because the whole tower is infiltrated. Yeah. So, like, they can't, there's no, like, nice send-off. There's no, you know, memorial Mm -hmm. or anything for Mm -mm. this woman. She just, like, has someone take her dead body and, like, get rid of it somewhere. Yeah. Poor Varen. Poor Varen. Yeah, I just, when you told me that, I was like, oh, just wait. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been so hard not to spoil, though. Yeah, I I try really, really hard not to do spoilers with people who are reading this for the first time. Um, My husband is reading this for the first time right now. And it's really hard for me not to be like, oh, this thing is going to happen. By the way. Yeah, he asks a lot of questions and it's really it's really fun to have him ask a bunch of questions around things and sometimes I'm like, I can answer that question. I wish I would have known someone when I was first reading Eye of the World because I was completely lost and then I remember that my very first question was, I had went through the glossary in the back so I already mm-hmm. had read like Aes Sedai, this is what these women are. So as soon as Moraine shows up, I'm like, oh yeah. Totally. She's icy. <laughs> Duh. And Lan, you know, he's with her. So and then um, it also it talked one of the words was Aja's, but it didn't really go into like, what do the reds do? What do the blues do? So going into Eye of the World, I was really, really interested in finding out like what all of these different Aja's do, because mm-hmm. you hear it a little bit, but not too much because I think more rain at one point and I of the world talks about the red mm-hmm. and like they're worrying about, you know, Rand and yeah, mm-hmm. it's stressful. <laughs> yeah. I feel a lot of the things that come out in the series are like that where you're like, but what, what's happening? I don't understand what's going on. And I feel like for me, a lot of things didn't click until my second time reading it through And I'm really looking forward to getting into the last three books in particular again because it's been a, it hasn't been a long time since I I read those, but I've only read through them once and they were so fast paced that I like flew through them super fast and there are parts now that I just don't even remember at all. And so I feel like like I really need to. (laughs) Yeah, I can, I don't remember that at all. And it's so weird. I'm like, did I read Towers of Midnight? Did I just skip an entire book somehow? Like. (laughs) what happened there so I definitely need to go back and reread some of the things but at the same time 
I'm on book six and I'm, I really hesitate to skip through any particular books unless it's maybe book nine and book 10. Okay. And then I'll just look up like the, the recaps of that and be like, because I mean, <laughs> I love you, Robert Jordan, it's, but those two books. There's such an info dump. It's, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's yeah. Hard. But some people don't even have a problem with it. They're like, I think they're great. Yeah. So I wish I was one of those people. Yeah, me too. It's hard. It was it was really hard. Like the it was either book nine or book ten where I was like, I'm done for now. Like I just I don't know if I'm ever gonna read any more of these books. I hate where this is going. Um I need glad a break. that didn't happen. <laughs> but I mean, at least I waited long enough so that when I came back to the series, all of the books are out. So that was kind of nice that I could just like fly through them again. When you get to the end, to the last Three, I think we'll have to do a whole episode on like maybe the differences that we picked up mm. on the Robert Jordan books versus the Brandon Sanderson books mm-hmm. because that was something really interesting like some of the chapters I, I feel no difference like it feels yeah. totally the same but Matt is one of those chapters where I feel like I noticed something different about him I agree but I kind of liked him better too (laughs) like I felt like I I felt like he was more the Matt that I had wanted him to be like there are so many areas where he kind of just is like he's there but he's Mm -hmm. not really behaving very Matt like and then I felt like when Brandon Sanderson started writing I feel like he just breathed a whole new level of life into the series again and I mean, I don't know how many people agree or disagree with that, but that was how it felt for me. It was like everything was just moving so fast and it was so well paced and gave us so much on our characters that I really liked the last three books. So I have to say the letter that Matt writes to Elaine, do you remember this part? Mm-mm. Of okay. course I don't. <laughs> so the band is like basically camped out and Elaine thinks that they are, I think, like, swords or something. I don't remember, but she she's kind of um, trying to distance them and make sure that they're not, you know, there to invade. And Matt has been trying over and over again to get a meeting with her. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, tell these, you know, knuckleheads that <laughs> I'm busy, basically. So Matt has to finally, like, write her this letter, and it's hysterical. It's so funny. And this is one of these moments where I feel like Sanderson just, like, he he went above and beyond my expectations because when I was reading this, I was just, like, uh, you know, like, trying not to laugh out loud laying, you know, in bed, and it's mm-hmm. just too funny. It's hilarious. I Now that you said that, I think I do remember at least a little bit about it but again I'm just gonna have to go back and read all of the books all over again um so Black Sisters Maureen Maureen Redhill um the blue who was also black uh she has the same problem that I'm sure other black sisters have had as well in that she only ever bonded one warder And it Mm. was because she needed to make sure that he was also a dark friend so Mm. that she could feel as though she could fully trust him. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, that's one of those bizarre 
challenges, I suppose, of being Black Aja is you can only trust your own. And, like... How are you... How There's no way you'd be able to keep it from your warder. There's no way. They They would know. They would know something. But I don't remember for Varen... If Thomas, her he, warder, he was, he was, okay. and he wanted out too. Okay, so he was like kind of in the same boat she was. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was like, but what about Varen? Was he? And then I mean, so many of the other Ajas, when they become Black Aja, none of the Black sisters that left from the tower took their warders with them, and so I don't remember if we ever hear anything about that. And I know. Leandrin is red, and Katarine is red. Galena is red, so they wouldn't have had they wouldn't warders, have had warders at all. Anyways, why yeah. is there so many? I feel like the ratio of red is higher up on the Black Aja. I list. that was my observation as well, and I kind of have to wonder if Galena Caspin is one of the reasons why, because I know. Well, maybe. Because I believe she was a red sitter for the hall or she was somewhere high up in the red hierarchy. And one of the women that was mentioned in Chapter 3 is Tarna Fear. And Mm -hmm. she is not a black Aja sister, but she is red. And Galena was responsible for breaking her bond. And she, Galena beat Tarna to break her bond and I have to kind of wonder having that kind of relationship with Galena who we now know is a black Aja sister Mm -hmm. if that may have influenced the way that Tarna behaves even though she doesn't become black Aja there's so many of these women yeah and then I'm trying to remember I know there are at least two more um so at Atuan Larisette, mm-hmm. she is yellow and a Black Aja sister. And there's not a lot about her written. Um, okay. She, she doesn't have a warder. So that goes along with what mm-hmm. we're kind of thinking about when it comes to Black Aja sisters. Um, let's see She's here. She's a Terraboner. With no warder. Mm-hmm. She was oh. betrayed as being Black Aja by Talene Minley. Mm-hmm. She was Talene's extra contact outside of her heart. Mm-hmm. She was tortured using the chair of remorse. See, I haven't gotten this far yet, I don't think, because none of this rings a bell to me. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna quit reading. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop, stop reading. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard to make sure mm-hmm. that I don't spoil anything for where you are in the series, um, because there I'm, is I'm something. I'm so close. To I know the you're end. so close. You're almost done. <laughs> but there is something about Tarna that, like, I want to talk about, but we can't talk about it until you get to that point. Um, I actually found a friend on Twitter. Someone messaged me, and they're like, "Are you on Towers of Midnight too?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Aww. Is it your first read? Yeah. And he's like, do you want to read it together? And I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. I have to say the Wheel of Time community is the nicest community. Yeah. Yeah. I have, 
I have been using my Twitter account for nothing but stuff connected to the Wheel of Time. <laughs> so it's the only, like, I don't use Facebook, and the only other social media that I use regularly would be Instagram. Yeah. And that I have filled up with a bunch of news and political mm-hmm. things like that, along with, like, all of my Scotland obsessions and whatever. Um, but going to Twitter has almost become my restorative Mm. yeah (laughs) like the world is heavy and awful and i just want to talk to people who are like supportive and looking out for each other and And i feel like the twitter i feel like the twitter community is so like lighthearted. like Mm -hmm. there's so many people that joke around and stuff and it's just it's just a nice escape and actually i've been on um I don't know. There's the Weaves of the Wheel community on Instagram, and they do like a um, role playing game. And they asked me if I wanted to join, but I was like, I got a lot of stuff going on. And they were like, and or, well, I asked, I was like, is there a way that I can just, you know, like watch or take part without having to actually play? And they're like, join our chat. So their chat is amazing, it's so much fun. It's a really, that's a really good one too. So I'm like you, I'm kind of like, I bounce back and forth between Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, but I'm glad I have just one account that is for nothing but something that feels <laughs> fun and lighthearted yeah. because everything else feels really heavy. And I've been looking for homeschooling stuff for Arthur. So my Pinterest account now is mm-hmm. basically nothing but suggestions of what to do with a six-year-old. And as much fun as that can be, I, I, yeah, I need, I need a little break. I need a little break now and then. So Um, many, like, seriously, there are so many people homeschooling and doing e-learning with their kids right now. And like, that's just, wow. Like that's, that's a huge task for Mm -hmm. someone. And it's amazing what people are able to do. I mean, God, these times are crazy. Agreed. It's just crazy. And things are getting worse here. And hmm. in Germany, things are starting to slowly, the rates are rising just a little bit again. And people are kind of worried. So I don't know. I don't know how things are going to go. Me neither. I mean, how things have been in the States has felt really awful since the start. And I mean, I don't necessarily want to dig into anything political because this is my time away from that. (laughs) But at the same time, one of the reasons why you and I decided to start to do this is that the world does feel really heavy. And I just can't. I need something that, like, pulls me away from it. And all of my other responsibilities are pretty heavy, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I took on homeschooling my child this for this entire year like we even pulled him from the school completely um and so trying to devise learning activities for a six-year-old and a really energetic six-year-old has been challenging it's been delightful at times but really heavy and I'm still finishing up my last class so I can finish up my goddamn bachelor's degree because I just want to be done. I just want to be done. And just and everything that's happening. And then you're crossing happening. the pond. <laughs> and then I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm leaving you, America. I love you and I hate you at the same time. And I and just want to go live in Scotland. Then you'll be closer to me. 
I know. I'm so excited about that. We won't have a six-hour time gap between us anymore. We can visit each other so much more easily. It's going to be amazing. Amazing. This has, been, this has been weird recording, like, knowing you're getting up in the morning and I'm, like, settling <laughs> into, like, my evening almost. Like, yep. Yeah. Like, I think coffee about that. and tea and I'm like, oh. I'll have a glass of wine <laughs> or maybe a beer yeah 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 I'm like well I don't really drink beer this early in the morning so it's coffee and water for me <laughs> someday maybe we'll record at a time where I can have a beer with you but yeah. that might that might happen when I leave for Scotland yes. next year yes. so yeah this was this has been a really heartwarming experience to like come into doing this with you and finding the community around mm -hmm. it and the support around it it's just been lovely and I'm really excited to keep kind of growing that community and people have been talking about academic things on Twitter like I I, I almost commented on this thread that was someone I don't remember who it was but he was talking about how he was going to have to let his academic advisor know that he wasn't going to be going on for his PhD. And there were so many people who were really supportive and they were like, a PhD isn't the be all end all and make the decisions that are best for you. And I mean, don't we need more of that in this world? Yeah. Like people looking out for each other and being like, do you yeah. and be happy and we fully support you. So I love the Wheel of Time community. I This is what my 14 year old self needed a really long time ago <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah like when when I was and I mean there was barely internet when I was 14 so like finding something like this when I first started oh reading my God. the books yeah just didn't even really exist so I didn't have anyone to talk to about these books that I read because no one that point. I knew at the time read books the way that I did well, when you told me you're like well I really like this book series <laughs> I had read the first two and when you said that I was almost hyperventilating because I was like oh, I finally have someone to talk to I was only gonna read the two because yeah I don't know the, the second book is such a great book and I'm just like I don't know like I feel I feel fulfilled <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they just get better. Yeah. They just get better. Shockingly enough, the series just like it has its little dip and then mm -hmm. it just gets better from there. So I agree. All that to say the Wheel of Time community is the best community and we have just loved becoming a part of it. Here, here. Yeah, I think those are all of the black sisters that mm -hmm. I found in um chapter four and I don't believe there were any in chapter three the only person who gets mentioned who's like questionable is Tarna um and it's more just like the way she beha mm -hmm. behaves and then later on I'm reading Lord of Chaos right now and God, I just got I love through Lord of Chaos me too like part of me is like read it quick read it quick and I'm like no not this one this one has so many good things happening. That would Don't be too hard for me because I would want to just speed through it so I can get to the end. Mm-hmm. There are times where I flip through stuff, where like when Nynaeve is complaining about absolutely fucking everything. I'm like, <laughs> I understand where you're coming from, honey. I really do. I you feel you. Every... I'm going through the same thing. Yep. You have every right to be gobbling goose mint. I, I get it. <laughs> but I really... <laughs> Stop sniffing and tugging your braid. All right? Let's just Gobbling go. goose mint. <laughs> Ooh, that could be another, like, I was gobbling say goose mint. <laughs> uh, 
That, there's the title for the show. Goblin Goosement and Black Aja. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, like, there are parts where I can't hold myself back and I, like, flip through things. I just, I just want to get to the next section. And the other parts are me, of me, like, tell myself to slow down so I can enjoy it. I never regret going through this series another time. And this, like, digging into it for a podcast has been super fun because, like, one of the, one of the spoilers, let's see here. Yeah, like, the next thing we were going to talk about are Pillow Friends. Yeah, and... I have to ask you, okay. Yeah. Did you, when you first heard this term, did you think that it was just, like, friends like within the tower or did you think that it was like an actual relationship no i thought they were just really good friends okay um but i think it was also my youth and my extremely conservative upbringing so i really didn't start having friends who were gay until i was closer to the end of high school um and not that I didn't know that it was something that existed, but I was brought up in a church and my parents mm-hmm. were very conservative. And so the idea of same-sex Catholic couples. <laughs> oh my God, that's already <laughs> forgot. <laughs> Those were rough times, hard times. No kidding, right? Uh, no offense to anybody who's Christian or Catholic, but I really don't mind not being either one of those things any longer. <laughs> I've never been Catholic, so there's that. But I don't mind not being a Christian any longer. Um, so yeah, I just like when I thought about it, I thought about it as being like I thought about it as being like myself and a friend of mine that I used mm-hmm. to have where we would like if she would come over and stay the mm-hmm. night, we would like kind of snuggle in together and mm-hmm. like whisper and talk to each other. Like that's what I yeah. thought pillow friends were. Um, I totally see it, that. Yeah. If yeah. I was if I was younger when I read this, that's exactly what I would have thought. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. But it turns out. Oh, I totally when I first read it, I was like, oh, they're gay for each other. OK. <laughs> that makes sense. That yeah. absolutely makes sense. But to me, I was just like, oh, they're just that's so sweet. And I, I mean, think it the still first is. But I think the first time I hear it, it might be the first time I hear it, it might be from something that swan swan says I'm not sure yeah possibly. i have to look i have to look into it but yeah i totally um just just in new spring like i definitely get the vibe that moraine and swan are closer than just friends uh there's even the quote swan like to use tickles at the worst possible moment Sudden pokes in unpleasant places, embarrassing caresses, and startling noises right beside her ear. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Embarrassing caresses. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Tarna, Tarna even says, I can't understand why you guys just don't move into the same room together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hadn't, even now, I didn't even pick up on that. Like, didn't even think about it. Just thought, like, we're two besties. And, I mean, maybe that's because that's how I've been with my best friends is Mm -hmm. that I'm very close to them, but I don't have a sexual relationship with them. And so, and I, maybe, I don't know. That's just not automatically what I think People listening, do you guys think that Swan and Moraine are um, closer than friends or not? (laughs) Are we just, you know... Well, I the mean, wiki, this... 
the wiki wheel of time things says that they were pillow friends so okay but do we get an exact definition of what pillow friends mm, means i think we do okay let me see if i still have it pulled up on my chrome detective tracy whoops i know as long as i have google i'm a genius (laughs) (laughs) i have all the answers um let me look that up real quick because i'm pretty sure i meant to like leave that open as like a i mean don't mind me as i type i've had friends that you just like i don't know like you're just like like close with and like cuddly Mm -hmm. sometimes but I mean, it could it could be something very innocent, but I mm-hmm. kind of get the feeling it's a little bit more. That's just. It says here in the Wiki Wheel of Time fandom, the term "pillow friends" refers to a homosexual relationship between two individuals, usually female friends, making it a lesbian relationship. It is more prevalent in the White Tower. And then it says novices and accepted commonly enjoy these relationships as comfort during the hardships of White Tower training, but are viewed as yeah a kind because of they're like in prison. They can't have yeah. families, or you know, they can't mm-hmm. date. Yeah, it says this has the equivalent term of heart friends in uh, Sanshan slang. So okay. then it says known pillow friends. Um, there's. There's one on here that I was really surprised by. Uh, Swan Sanchez and Moraine. And then the other one is Leda and Maidani. But I don't know who that oh. second person is. Do okay. you? Okay. No. I don't click her. Yeah, I did. She's Grey Aja. Um, oh, she was allied with uh, the Saladar Aes Sedai. That's crazy. I just wouldn't expect that from Leda. She's such a... I feel like anyone, maybe they, maybe it's like a love-hate relationship. <laughs> maybe. Um, I'd be like, Galena, <laughs> just, Galena just don't Kasdan. talk. <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 sh- sh- just, sh- don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear anything from you except happy sounds. <laughs> um, and then Galena Caspin and Tarna Fear were known pillow friends Mm -hmm. um and i think that is another really interesting thing because if galena was black do you think that she ever tried to turn tarna like do you think she ever like approached okay they were they were pillow yeah it says that it says on the wiki wheel of time fandom page that they are known pillow friends or maybe it was like one of these like situations like star-crossed lovers where one Mm. of them had a dirty secret that they couldn't tell the other yeah okay that's totally possible i can absolutely see that spinoff no kidding (laughs) we need so many spinoffs so many um but then there's like some arthur not arthur tracy author there's some (laughs) arthur my mouth just doesn't want to do it there are some authors clarifications on the page as well um so this is apparently a robert jordan quote while you put 15 year old girls in a tower filled with almost entirely women with their hormones raging on overdrive keep them away from men because you can't afford to lose any of them and what do you think is going to happen yeah that's yeah. I think that sums that it up. Absolutely, yeah, it absolutely makes sense. So I, 
I never, in the main series, I never would have picked up on Swan and Moraine having a relationship like that. And I didn't even well, they really had pick to be up on it. so secretive about even being friends. I mean, mm-hmm. in, what is it? Um, is it book two where we meet Swan? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, she shows up at Faldara. Yeah. So um, Moraine has to, like, address her, like, yes, mother, and be, like, very... Um, Proper. Yeah, and demure and, um, like, subservient. And mm-hmm. Swan kind of, like, makes a show to snap at her to make mm-hmm. other people think that they're not close. But mm-hmm. then as soon as, like, the door's closed and she's, like, I guess she's, I think she's going to pretend to, like, yell at her or something. I don't remember. But once they are alone, then they go right back into this, you know, close relationship where they're talking yeah. very openly and they don't have any secrets. Don't they hug each other? I feel like maybe they hug each other, but I don't maybe. remember. Which, of course, still I seems we- out of character. I really hope we get this portrayed in the show because mm-hmm. I think that's last week we talked about um, the casting and, you know, diversity and inclusion. And that would be mm-hmm. really cool to get mm-hmm. in the show, I think. I agree. And I think um, one of Rekepa Sadai's episode uh, happened over Pride. And mm. um, we both watched this one. It was so good, and I, I really, it really touched me to hear the creator of the show. His name's Brian, right? I think that's I right. Think so, but to hear him talk about how in the later parts of the series there was more of an acknowledgement of men being attracted to men and having mm-hmm. relationships with men, um, and how that made him feel seen. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes... And just looking at it from, like, a historical background, like, people have been gay f- since forever. Yeah, so since there were not, people. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, it, it's so easy to see this existing in any made-up world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for the fact of the... For it to be hidden kind of the way that it is, mm-hmm. like, especially in calling it something like pillow friends or Mm -hmm. heart friends or whatever like giving it a different terminology I understand doing that in a fantasy series and at the same time I can see it being something that would help your audience feel more connected regardless Mm -hmm. of background Mm -hmm. and so like part of me feels as though it's a placating gesture that our society wasn't quite ready to embrace until mm-hmm. later on in the books as well. And mm-hmm. so... And I because can... when were when were these books... What year was the first book written? Do you remember? It's early 90s, okay. if not 1990. So that I was feel still... Like it... That was, you know, I mean, that, that, was, that was a while ago. So yep. I mean... Yeah. So it's like, to me, I think it's really interesting that we can have that level of diversity in the show now and it'll be really good to see those kinds of things brought up more and especially like what we talked about last week about the possibility of seeing swan as a younger person it would be really Mm -hmm. interesting to see swan and moraine 
have that, like you said, have that closer relationship with each other and yeah. an acknowledgement of what they've been to each other. Yeah. Um, although the thing about pillow friends, it seems like, is that especially in the tower, it's something that they're almost expected to outgrow and mm-hmm. to not yeah. take with them into adulthood. So it's mm-hmm. not necessary. It's not necessarily. It's just a phase. Yeah, which, I mean, does a disservice in some ways mm-hmm. to the LGBTQ community, but it's almost understandable well, again from... Well, to, to me, I see it as the tower just um, trying to kind of, like, sweep it under the rug. Like, you mm. know, it, it doesn't say anything about these women who actually have these relationships. It says something about how the tower wants to be seen. That's true. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Like, especially if they're supposed to have the tower held as the highest thing that they care about. Like, yeah. Don't have anything that you you put above being an Aes Sedai of this the This completely the goes into <laughs> our next topic. It absolutely does. Yeah. Actually, we can go later into test the test. But let's, I mean, let's just go, like, straight into the White Tower, the speculation and questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because we talked about a little bit earlier the test for the Shaw. And one of these things I was curious about is um, basically the tower as an institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of just ask you, like, how have your opinions changed about the tower from the time you started up until now? Was there... Mm. Was there a big change or was it just, you know, little things? No, there was definitely a change. Um, I would say when I was reading it younger, I wasn't really looking for nuance, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, or maybe I just wasn't intellectually developed enough at the time to recognize recognize where nuance would be. Um, and so I just kind of accepted the fact that mm-hmm. the White Tower had this level of power across the entire world, basically. And it was just a given. And what the women... I didn't really think about the mm-hmm. women as individuals. I just always saw them kind of as a group. Okay. And now that I'm older and I question everything, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I most especially question institutions, um, I find myself thinking what a disservice the tower has done to its own women. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that happens in the book that I I look at more closely now are the groups of women outside the tower who can channel and who have taken their ability to channel on their own shoulders and, like, the wise ones, the kin, mm-hmm. um, sea folk, wind finders, and then the horrible things that the Sanchen do. So... It's not necessarily the fact that the tower needs to be the place for all women who can channel to go. And they also kick women out if they aren't strong enough. They can't pass these horrible tests that they have to go through. And these tests are horrible. Yeah, definitely. The first time you read about Nynaeve's experience going through the Terangriel, it's heartbreaking what she has to bring herself to do you can understand why women don't come back from this brutal Mm -hmm. brutal and to me i was like oh this is character development when i was a kid like i didn't really think about it as like these are actual people Mm -hmm. because in my mind it's fiction and 
I just didn't go there as a kid. And now as I'm older and I think about it more, I think about the characters more and how traumatizing that must have been and was for Nynaeve. Like when Elaine and Egwene have their tests and they both end up crying in Nynaeve's lap and she's like, yeah, we'll make, she says something along the lines of we'll make them pay. Or we'll make them understand our pain. We'll, sh- like, we'll like, show them, you know. Yeah. But part of me is like, but they've already all done this. They've already all been through this. And mm-hmm. the women who weren't able to make it through are no longer part of the tower. So who are you going to make pay for this? Right. Regardless, it's still like, why would you make someone go through that? Why? It's, okay. It I've got, so I've got one of the quotes here from Nynaeve about the test. Actually, there's, I mean, there's a lot of really, really good ones, but... Is this um, the test for the shawl or the test for accepted? For the shawl. Test for the shawl. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Nynaeve says, and this is afterwards, after she's come out of, you know, the test, out of the Tarangriol, and Mm -hmm. she's, I mean, she's beaten, bloody, cuts, uh, bug bites all over her body. Her braid has been completely burned off. She's just, Mm. you know, she's near death. And they heal her really quick, and they're deciding on whether or not they will accept her. And um, this, I think, speaks so many levels about the tower as an institution, she says. And yet so many of us do it without families, Nynaeve said. Without love, without passion, beyond our own particular interest. So even while we try to guide the world, we separate ourselves from it. We risk arrogance, Egwene. We always assume we know best, but risk making ourselves unable to fathom the people we claim to serve. And mm-hmm. that is so good. That's mm-hmm. such a like, that's such like a bold, you know, like statement. And she's, she's kind of at this point where she's like, I don't give a fuck, you know, mm-hmm. give me the shawl or don't. Like I did my best. And if you don't want me, you guys can go fuck yourselves <laughs> because mm-hmm. she's, I mean, she's, she's the strongest there is. She, she, cleansed Sidene. She mm-hmm. was able to heal madness from the taint. Um, she was She's able to advisor re- to Rand. Advisor to Rand. He wants her to stand by her by him at the last battle. She cured stilling. Mm-hmm. And you know Yep. And they're like, oh well we don't know. Like we don't think you did very good in this test. So, I mean, like, what does that say about the tower when mm-hmm. they are so arrogant and so intimidated by Neve that they would rather kill her and leave her in the Tarangrial to die there yeah. versus give her the shawl? Mm-hmm. What does that say about an institution? What does yeah. it say? It says that they brainwash their initiates. Yeah, That's it's how ki- I feel about well, it. Well, it's kind of culty because yeah. we were talking about this earlier, the Seafolk and the Aiel they don't really want to have a part of it. So, like, Mm-mm. when Egwene is, like, training with the wise ones, she's like, oh, you should go train at the tower. And they're like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, no, right. thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, crazy. Oh, we right. got this. And, and even- I mean, there's nothing, there's really nothing, well, no, the Aiel have the, the Tarangriol that's similar, it seems like, to the one that's in the tower where they have to go through it and they experience, like, what, yeah. Things could Ro- happen. Ro- is it Roy Roy It's Ruidian? Ruidian. Ruidian. Yeah. Ruidian. <laughs> it's that place. 
Um, so they have that, and then they have the glass columns that they have mm. to go through. So they do have, like, a testing to pull people through, but they don't seem to... I think it's just kind of like once you're out and you're still alive, then you're accepted. Yeah, yeah. Something that and... I'm missing. Oh, my God. I'm so... I'm. Ugh, it's been It's been <laughs> so long, but where I'm at in the books is Avienda has left to go through through and the last columns yeah and she left like the beginning of the last book and i i haven't heard from her since and i'm mm-hmm. i'm stressing tracy <laughs> a little bit stressed out <laughs> i won't i won't say anything i won't say anything um yeah but i just they don't do that to like they don't treat them i don't know they the wise ones, are just harsh yeah, the wise the wise ones have to be like very hard Mm-hmm. But, but that's just the Aiel overall. Yeah, but like, at the that's same just how time, they are for everybody. Yeah, you're living in this very inhospitable environment. Mm-hmm. You have to have a way of self policing, otherwise, people are just going to be killing each other over water. So mm-hmm. the wise ones have to be like, they they have to kind of police their own people, I guess. And mm-hmm. they're such a culture based on physical strength. And, you know, I think that's their way of training. A lot of Mm -hmm. it is mental, too. Like, when they're teaching Mm -hmm. Egwene how to get through to, um, what's it called? (laughs) (laughs) Teleronriad? Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, they, they, you know, they're very very harsh. But at the same Mm -hmm. time, I don't feel like they're... Um, manipulating these women in a way that it's just for their own like laughs or something. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. they have to make these women really tough. But then after you know they've passed, they're a wise woman and they're actually you know protecting the clans and making mm-hmm. sure that there's not like an all-out war. So yeah. they're very you know they have a purpose. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to channel to be a wise woman that's that's one of the things that also makes it a little different is that regardless of whether you can channel or not you can be a dreamwalker you can be a wise one you don't have to be able to channel there are just a few Mm -hmm. that can and they have a different way of training than what happens in the white tower but for the white tower to say you can't be older than this and you can't Like, you have to pass these certain tests. You have to hold yourself. Like, those girls, when they leave for the tower, are so young. They're children. Yeah. They're children. And they're they're taken away from their families if they have a family. They are required to go to a place where they are not really shown any kind of love and care, Mm -hmm. it seems like. Like, they have people who teach them. And maybe they have other Aes Sedai who behave as mentors. But even, like... And then after they all really... of the training, all, all of the heartache, all of the tears, what do they get in the end? What do you get? Exactly. And that was the other thing that I started wondering about, too, is that if you go through all of this stuff, what do you get at the end of it? Mm-hmm. Because are you really the... serving the realm? Are yeah. you? And most nations, they are okay with Aes Sedai. But they don't necessarily completely trust them. And some nations like Tyr are just like, nope, sorry. Nah. Like, we don't 
we don't want you to be around us. We mm-hmm. completely see ya. We don't want you. Mm-hmm. And so you get banned from countries. You can't have a family. You can't have a connection to people outside the tower. Like, who are they serving and what good are they doing? Right. And that, like, it's other almost, than... It almost seems like they're doing more, like, manipulation. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they have advisors basically to kings and queens who will basically do whatever they say out of fear Mm -hmm. and i mean we're not seeing like any you know clinic set up with yellows like healing people we don't see the greens being dispatched to the blight to help these nations like the saldeans like fight back trollocs and if they're if they're waiting for the last battle if they're the battle aja why aren't they on the front lines in the borderlands right what what are they doing just hanging out in the tower being like gosh darn it i wish the last battle would show up so i could do something (laughs) well why don't you go fight some damn trollocs up in the blight yeah like why why and these and these poor i'm so i think i'm so invested in the borderlands because they have my favorite section yeah they have Love it the so hard. Rodal Ituralda. Oh my god. I can read. I'll, I'll probably go back and redo these chapters because, wow, badass. They're so good. Badass. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like all of these lands in the, in the borderlands are just being completely overrun. Yep. And they're just, you know, they're fucked. And it, it's not just happening close to the last battle. It happens all, all the, the time. time and that's like why it, they're so hard mm-hmm. that's why I, like when we see i'm sorry i keep cutting you no 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 you're so fine you're just excited <laughs> keep going keep going i'm gonna put on lip balm <laughs> no that i think that was one of the things when we first meet fail like mm-hmm. she gets a lot of hate mm-hmm. but she is so completely different to perrin Like, she's from one of these lands where they are constantly, like, fighting back Trollocs. And Mm -hmm. you don't know how long you're going to live. So they're, like, very passionate, Mm strong-willed people that might not be able to see, you know, they might not live very long. Yeah. They've got some, like, Trollocs showing up on their doorstep all the time. And Mm -hmm. they just have to, like, keep fighting. And, like... Poor parent is just like, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a blacksmith <laughs> from this little village. Like, I don't want to be a lord. And she's like, listen up, bozo. Like, <laughs> do you even know like what goes on where I'm from? But I mean, their relationship is so complicated because where they're from, and I think that mm-hmm. says a lot about the Borderlands versus someone like Parent who's grown up in this little ins- ins- insul. I can't talk. <laughs> insular ins- insulated in this little like insulated community yeah. so they are just from totally different worlds mm-hmm. and they're kids so yeah. they're just figuring each other out so i mean it yep. didn't those chapters didn't really bother me but yeah i'm getting a little bit off topic but yeah no i think it's totally i mean it, it really doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense for the White Tower to do what it does the way that it does. Mm-hmm. And Moraine, in Chapter 3 in particular for New Spring, she talks about how few novices are in the novice wards and how few accepted are actually in the accepted, like, areas. This and is a, that- great, a great, like, little thing to read. This was a really fun yeah. moment because... It makes you question <laughs> mm-hmm. why. 
yeah, why? What is what is happening? Where are the women that can channel? Mm-hmm. And I know, like, you got in our notes about calling male channelers and how killing them, mm-hmm. well, gentling them, and then them basically dying out of, like, lack of will to live. Mm-hmm. Um, is that harming the ability for channeling to maintain something that shows up all the time? Because the White Tower is massive. Yeah. It is meant to hold... Thousands, thousands of women yeah. and at this point it's empty. It, it's empty and it's like that in new spring and it's the same way in the later series and like the numbers for the ice that i really don't start going up until they expand the age that they're looking mm-hmm. for for women who can channel and like some of Egwene's um new rules yeah exactly yeah and i mean I, in some ways, I get kind of irritated that Gwen's like, I want to have a string tied to every woman who can channel. And I'm like, do you, I mean, I get it. Some of the kids' women are like, nah, I think we'll yeah. stay. Like, we kind of want to help Elena out. And, you yeah. know, like, maybe we kind of want to work for, you know, someone else. Maybe we mm-hmm. don't want to be in the tower. Yeah. So, and I mean... The tower feels like it, it needs to have control all of, over all of these women. And in some ways, I understand it. In other ways, I find it really annoying, um, especially since they have these harsh requirements that become a part of who these women are. And, I mean, we've commented more than once on how different Maureen is in New Spring versus what she's like later mm-hmm. on in the series. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the fact that that stuff gets trained out of her yeah her temper her eye for the boys like Mm -hmm. her sauciness like those things have been pushed out of her and a lot of ways the same thing for swan we see a big difference between her as an accepted and her as the amarillin later on so is that really doing what's best for these women or is this a disservice to them oh and the other thing we had talked about this before um so when Rand is talking to, I always say tame, but I believe it's supposed to be Taim. Yeah. 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 Taim. So when he's at the farm and he's talking to him about having all of them learn how to use a sword, mm-hmm. um, Taim is like, what do they need a sword for? They, they have the channel. power. Yeah. yeah. And Rand is like, sometimes you can't. Like, sometimes a sword is a better option. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want them to be a part of the world, not apart from the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives a really direct parallel to the Aes Sedai who are expected to be apart from the world. They're expected to be above other people. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking down on people, you can't really take care of people no and so that that quote that you read from Nynaeve I think is perfect for Mm -hmm. for what you just said like yeah and I think too this is this I mean I think we were talking about the Black Aja earlier I think this is one of the reasons why it's so why why these women can be recruited because they're so disenfranchised by how they've been treated within the White Tower Mm -hmm. and I mean, if you just look at what happened to Nynaeve alone, like, I'm sure she's not the only one that had an experience like this or something Mm -hmm. similar. It's just the only one that we've read about. Yeah. So, I mean, who's to say that, you know, some of these women that were recruited to the Black Aja weren't really unfairly treated 
mm-hmm. or just completely like what's the point like why mm-hmm. am I here and then someone else is like well you know like come over here like you're gonna do good you're gonna help the world you're gonna you know make a difference and that's mm-hmm. you know that's kind of just like that's so easy to do when someone is feeling really like down and out like I mean that's mm-hmm. how like any cult works someone's having problems and they're like come so to true. us come to yeah. us <laughs> yeah we've got an answer for you it, yeah we know you think this is bad mm-hmm. however we can give you all of these things that you don't have yeah. right now. So yeah. want to come over to our side and play? Everlasting life, almighty power, you know? <laughs> like, it's very, you know, it's very, it's very tempting. Yeah. And the restrictions that get placed on the women through the oath rod, like, that's, that's another true. thing. And isn't there something about, like, I don't know if this is a confirmed theory, but the theory that being tied to the oath rod actually shortens the lifespan of these yeah. women who can channel i think it because is confirmed because the kins woman were living yeah. significantly longer yep mm-hmm. i want to say it wasn't the oldest one 600 yeah yeah like several centuries old yeah which part of me is like cool i want to do that like <laughs> right <laughs> right like if you gave me a choice between being a nice to die and living to be like six, seven hundred, eight hundred years old, I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. choose that second option. And mm-hmm. if it means that I still get to like channel and do stuff with that and I And you get can to like do your own people, thing. Mm-hmm. Like I love I love the way that they are so like the kin is so careful. Like they have the farm outside the city mm-hmm. and they kind of rotate in and out and people mm-hmm. just think that they're basically New. Yeah. Like, or like oh, they I feel just like moved they're... here from this place over here and Mm-hmm. This woman is 600 years old. She can't live in the same place for too long because people will be nope. like, are you a vampire? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely I definitely see the downsides of being an Aes Sedai. And I can totally see the appeal of moving in a direction mm-hmm. that you would feel gave you the power that, like, I think... Leandrin is a really good example of why someone would choose Black Aja. For her, she yeah. wanted power. She wanted authority. And she wasn't finding that in the White Tower. No. So she, I mean, she is the one Aes Sedai that I can think of that I am almost 100% certain was a dark friend before she came I to feel the like that Tower. too she it, yeah you just get the feeling from her I guess like she's like to the core mm-hmm. kind of evil and awful um if you had to think of someone like black Aja like she she checks all the boxes she really does she's pretty terrible um so yeah I I think that that's actually a really good point that the tower as an institution, kind of fails yeah and they end up failing people more often than helping them and i really think that part of it is their reputation and the demands that they require of the women who become Aes Sedai and then to go through something like what Nynaeve did and still have them be like well we're not 100 percent sure mm-hmm. we want to give you the shawl anyway and if you're gonna give someone the shawl I mean, really, when a green was like, hey, by the way, when I became Amarillan, I just made you right. ice to die. Because she had earned it. Right. 
she didn't need to go through all of those horrible tests that the other Aes Sedai And did. not to mention, she's so well-versed in mm-hmm. Teleron Riyadh that she basically broke the Terangriol. And, mm-hmm. like, the the other women channeling, you know, in charge of her tests were, like, when she was done, they were almost ready to pass out because they were all channeling so hard against her mm-hmm. that she, I mean, she's just Like, way seven too, to one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, she should have never even had to take that test knowing that with her knowledge of Teleron that she could potentially break this. Mm -hmm. And then she's not supposed to remember what happens within these stages, but she does. And then she just starts, like, blasting Balefire everywhere. And, I mean... Things went really, really bad, and it was, I mean, mm-hmm. it was a terrible idea. Terrible. Yeah. But but, but you have to, you know, to be an Aes Sedai, you have to go through the rules unless, uh, <laughs> I mean, some rules are obviously more important than others. We, mm-hmm. can, we can talk about that one maybe later. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Does that cover? I think that covers everything for the tower right now, though. I think it does, and I think I mean we've gone through, we've got it all. Yeah. All right. So I think that um, pretty much sums up everything that we wanted to go through today. Um, please let us know if you found any um, mistakes, or if you had any answers or theories, or anything else that you wanted to talk about. I know we talked about <laughs> contraceptive <laughs> and uh, stuff like that. So please, um, yeah, send us an email, road to Tarvalin at gmail, all one word, or mm-hmm. find us on Twitter and Instagram. And we just want to thank you so much for joining us on this stretch of the road to Tarvalin. We are so excited to share our love of this series with other fans. We will be launching shows once a week and hope that you'll continue to join us. Join us next week for a recap on chapters 5 and 6 of New Spring. And if you want to, leave us a message. Um, Anchor has the ability for you to leave a recorded message and we have been able to use a recorded message from one of our listeners in our and last episode. We, we love that. We really we love, love that. <laughs> so leave us messages, correct us, help us pronounce stuff the right way because we make plenty of mistakes. And you can just you can leave that on Anchor and I'm pretty sure you can get to the Anchor like the website that we have through Anchor on any listening app. Um, And if you aren't comfortable leaving a voice message for us, you can just send it to the email or message us through Instagram or Twitter and we can read it out loud for you. Um, We really want to build a fun community around this and we love the Wheel of Time community as we have talked about several different times already. So until next week, thanks for joining us. Safe travels and and walk walk in in the the light. light. Bye.